Hello and welcome to Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. Hello Toastmasters, this is Don Griffith, your podcast host. Today I have the pleasure of being with Shirban Moria. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Tell me about the club you belong to. Sure. I am in a corporate club. It's called Pickmasters. It's at a company that I work for, Microchip. And I've been with the club for three years now. And I like to tell people that I've been with Toastmasters for three years, but the reality is that I've joined... I looked up a, a while back. I joined in 2013. I, I attempted to join, I would say. I had a friend, a colleague who invited me. I went there. I really wanted to get over this fear of public speaking. I knew it would, it would help me along the way. I went, I signed up and everything. I even did an icebreaker. I had a friend, I, I think a mentor who helped me for a month prepare over and over and over again. And I was terrified. And I, I wanted to do a second one and I could not muster the courage. And I ended up quitting. After, after that first icebreaker, I, I, I said, this, this is not for me. I can't do it. It's, it's something that's too hard. And that's how I, I, I've stayed for probably five years till 2018. Since I, at that point, I decided, no way, I'm going to go in and do it again. And I had a totally different mindset at that point. Which was which was great, and I joined I joined the uh, Pickmasters, and it's been a wild ride since then. You know it, that story is a little surprising because I didn't know you then, mm -hmm. but I've seen you speak on the stage, I've seen you present on webinars, and you don't strike me as a person who's afraid to speak. Something happened in those in those off years. What was it? That's right. Yeah, I, I remember. I, I was in a meeting at one point with probably four to five people and it was just a casual conversation. There were people that were outside the company and we just had to introduce ourselves. And we were chit-chatting and everything and at one point my boss just says, okay, let's just go around the room and introduce ourselves. And I kid you not, my palms just started being so sweaty. I couldn't even say my name. And at that point I said, I, I can't, I can't keep going like this. I wanted to do something about it. And granted, it took me a while to finally muster the courage to go to Toastmasters, but it all started with just having a mind shift. And I, I keep referencing for a lot of times the book called Mindset by Carol Dweck, which really opened my, my eyes. And it's, it's not a revolutionary book, but to me, it just spoke in that moment of crisis when I knew I wanted to do something. And it's basically, you can do anything you set your mind to, as long as you practice and you're, you're consistent and you're going to fail and you're going to uh, get up and do it again. And the more you do it, the better it is. And that's what happened. I've joined Toastmasters and I said, I'm just, I'm just going to allow myself to fail a bunch of time and have this fear and see what happens. And the first speech was awful. <laughs> it was awful. 
Sometimes they are. You've gotten better, <laughs> yeah. as evidenced your competing at the district conference in the international speech contest. That was an Thank ex you. excellent speech. Tell me about the first meeting at Pickmasters. Now, I, you told us a little bit about that initial one back in 2013, mm -hmm. but that doesn't count. Right. Yeah, because you didn't <laughs> stick with it. Tell me about your second try in that very first meeting at Pickmasters. Yeah, I, I have to admit that I went in with a totally different mindset at that point. And I made a commitment to myself right from the get-go that I will stick with it for a, for a while. And I didn't want to go in and just overcome my fear. I wanted to prove that I can go from being unable to speak in front of five people to being able to be a decent speaker. And I started going, going to the meetings with always two goals. Always had to participate in table topics. The second person, not never the first. I had to test the waters first. And then always pick up a role. And there's small things that, you know, when you first start, it, it feels so overwhelming. But the more you do it and the more I practiced, I, I got so comfortable with it. I remember smiling this past week. We were in Toastmasters and I had general evaluator. And it was, it was fascinating to just get up and be able to explain the role without any kind of fear. And I see some younger, some younger members who just started and they're shy and explaining the account role. And I was thinking, wow, what a journey, three years. Now, have you been to any other clubs besides that first one back in 2013 and Pickmasters? I have, yes. Last year, I actually enrolled in coaching a club, a Wells Fargo club. They've been struggling with members and putting together enough people to take up roles. And I went there and it, you're right, they do do things differently. They start with table topics instead of speeches. And they, they change it up depending on how many people offer to volunteer for different roles. And yeah, there's, there's different nuances, but ultimately everybody's kind of the same format. And the, the whole idea of the Toastmasters is to give everybody a, a chance to speak. Yeah. And no matter where you go, even if they do the flow a little different, maybe they have mm -hmm. some extra things they do that are customary for that club, it'll be a very recognizable Toastmaster experience wherever you go. You, uh, I've mentioned the speech contest. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your getting started with speech contests. Getting started, wow. I, um, I did get a chance to participate the f in 2019 at, uh, at the local level, and I got a taste for it. But of course, because of the pandemic, I couldn't go any further than the area level. And it was the first time I spoke outside our club, and it was nerve-wracking, and it was, uh, it was, again, those feelings of uh, sweaty palms and not being able to perform. And after it was all said and done, I, I was going to say, this, that was the best experience and the best speech I've, uh, I've ever given. So I decided to, to do it again uh, this, uh, this year. And... It's a lengthy process. The, the whole speech lasts for a really long time, but I, uh, I, just, I just like the, the competition. And it's also, I think it's, it's such an amazing opportunity to grow. 
it's such an it's such a cool process to go through because you go and do the speech at the club level and it's a it's a certain format and then you get some feedback and you improve it and you go at the next stage and you improve it even more and in my case i was lucky enough to have a mentor uh, tom Ottstoff, and with with the right mentor and a lot of practice, I, I took a okay speech to a, a really good speech. And through that process, I've learned so many things, stage presence, cadence, pauses, jokes, every line in the speech had a purpose. And it was just the whole process in itself was just a, a huge learning curve for me. I don't know about you, but I have found that it, being a Toastmaster has helped me be a better writer. And that process you just described is very similar to someone writing Mm -hmm. an essay or a book you don't just write it all down and send it off Mm -hmm. because that first version isn't usually what you want i agree i I actually have saturday mornings are dedicated in my world for writing I, i prepare speeches and I write them Saturday morning. It's it's my block time for two or three hours. I try to write a speech, and even this this morning, I was preparing for one. And you're right. I, I wrote it last week, and then I came back and scrapped it all together and wrote, wrote mm-hmm. it again. And it's as the time went by, writing has been a lot easier. And I did not do good in uh, in literature class when I was growing up. Sherban, you have a a name that's a little unusual. Mm-hmm. Where are you from originally? I am from Romania, from Europe. I came here in 2005. I, yeah, I settled in uh, Arizona and I've, I've stayed here ever since. I just love it. I came, here to, I came here to just work for a little bit and just found this place being amazing and a lot more opportunities. Yeah, that. Well, Romania's loss is our gain. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> right. You are also involved now with the District 3 Speakers Bureau. Tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about that. What is, what is your uh, part in the Speakers Bureau? Or what is your perspective? Sure. I wanted to, like I said, I didn't want to just to have to just learn how to speak a little bit better. I wanted to prove to myself that I can go from having this tremendous fear to totally owning it and going above and beyond. And I did that at the club level and I I did that with my my speech contest, but I I felt like I needed to go a level higher. And that's what I, I believe the Speaker Bureau is. It's a collection of people who are trying to break into the professional speaking realm. And there's a lot of great teachers in there. And there's a lot of uh, mentors that uh, facilitate a, a great environment where I, I felt like I'm taking my speaking level to the next one. Now, my understanding of the Speakers Bureau this year is actually it's, it has several different levels of participation. There are some professional speakers Mm -hmm. who have established themselves. There are some members who have the basic 
skills and attributes of a professional speaker, but they're not quite there mm-hmm. in terms of the profession. That's right. And then there are members who aspire to just improve themselves, learn something new, not necessarily seeking a professional speaking career, mm-hmm. but want to learn some new things and skills. Are you in a position where you are? It sounds like you might be in that middle range, but maybe I'm wrong. Are you a professional speaker? I am looking to go all the way of becoming a professional speaker. Okay. That's right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been something that I never believed that I could do it, and it's, now it's just taken it to a totally different new level. You know, there's an expression in English when something, some person grows tremendously. We've created a monster. We've created a speaking, leading, motivating monster in you. I want to be that monster for sure. <laughs> What would be your professional speaking lane or what would be your topic that you would want to share with an audience? The way I've learned it is that we typically develop a passion by solving a problem from our, for ourselves, some pain point that we have. And that's something that can turn into something that we become very passionate about. And that's the direction I am heading because... I came to the United States with this idea of living the American dream that I understood when I was back in the day, 23 year old, not knowing much about America. And I, I did that. I came and I had that, cor- I have the corporate job. I have the pretty house and everything. And I was still not, f- I felt a little bit empty. I just didn't know if life is just about amassing things. And as I got to, I got I got involved in personal development and understanding on how our brains and the psychology behind how we how we think and how our our past is dictating our future and the more I got involved the more I was able to apply those things in my life and that's the the mindset that we were talking about at the beginning where I was able to shift that that notion from 2013 that I cannot speak in front of people it's something that that that's not me only others can do it and I jumped to the other side where now I believe that I can do so many more things that I didn't think it was possible and that's something that I've learned on my own and I've I cultivate and I live by every day and I want to help people and inspire them and empower them to do something similar if anybody thinks that they're struggling with something there is a solution and I, I want to facilitate a solution for them. Yeah, it's all, it's all a journey. It, it, it is. Every, every day is just a, an inch forward to getting a little bit better. And today's the international contest, and now it's a podcast. Tomorrow is another presentation, and so on and so forth. If you were to give advice to a new Toastmaster mm-hmm. who you see in that new Toastmaster the fear in their eyes, the shake of their hand and you realize not too long ago that was me Uh what would you say to them I would say just stick with it just make a mental note to stick with it for for a while because when we're trying to climb a mountain we're looking up and it's so overwhelming we don't think we can reach that top. 
And that's how it felt when I walked into that Toastmaster club and I saw those people speaking so much better. I was looking at the top of the mountain and I was terrified, but I said, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. It doesn't matter if I reach that top of the mountain. I'm just going to stick with it. And two weeks, two months, three months went by and it felt a little bit better. Still terrifying. It took me a month and a half to write a speech. But I, I stuck with it. And I think it was, I remember probably six months into it, I went to this meetup at a at the restaurant it was a project management meeting and i sat in the back and i was i was just listening to everybody talk they had a presentation and everything and at the end they said who who's new here and that, those sweaty palms came back but i i stood up i said my name i say what i said what i was there for and everybody applauded they nodded their heads i sat down and nothing happened and I, it wasn't as terrifying. And that was six months of it. And this is, you know, three, three years afterwards. I just say, in a, long, in a long enough timeline, I can reach that top of the mountain. You know, I, as you're talking about the mountain, I'm thinking there's a trail to the summit. Mm-hmm. Just start taking a step. Take another step. And yeah, maybe there's a boulder in the way. Maybe there's... You know, a tree stump you have to work around, but mm-hmm. just keep going. And I think it's, it's also, we carry boulders with us <laughs> when we hike those mountains. Hey, we, you know, this could make a good motivational speech, right? <laughs> Climbing the mountain. That's right. Get rid of your boulders. <laughs> but I do think that we, sometimes we, we just get ourselves in, in our own way. We just think too highly of us that people are judging us. Some people may do, but most people just don't have time for us. And we, we put so much value on that. We're not that special. We are not. <laughs> for the most part. As we're people special are, to, uh, yeah. to ourselves. Right. And there, yes, there are occasions and locations and situations where what you say and how you say it can come back to hurt you if you don't do it well. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking job interviews, for instance. You know, if you don't do well on the job interview, you might not get the job. But you, you need to keep doing those. But you overcame it. You overcame it. I, I even have an example for that. Yes. I, one of my, my jobs that I'm at today, I got this job, which is an excellent job, because before interviewing for this job, I had a different interview where I did poorly. And sometimes, even when you go into those interviews and you stick your foot in your mouth, sometimes something good can, can come out of that. I think what I just heard you say was, you weren't meant to have that first job. That's right. The next one after was the one you really were meant for. That's right. Yep. What kind of work do you do? I work in electronics. I am a product engineer at a semiconductor company, the one that uh, the Pickmaster Club is. It's called Microchip. Tell me more. I'm a retired electrical engineer. Okay. I'd love to talk a little shop. Tell me what kinds of work you do there. My role as a product engineer is coordinate a lot of different teams. 
So there's a lot of involvement from many departments to put together a, a good product. Uh, where we're, my, my, my group creates uh, USB devices and there's all these different components of it. And I try to look at myself as being the glue. Everybody's doing an excellent job creating all the pieces that are necessary for that product. And I try to make sure that all of them fit well together and they, they all stick together. I like to think of that process as a symphony orchestra with a conductor. The conductor just looks good and has a stick, and he waves it around. Doesn't make a note, doesn't play the violin, doesn't play the, the string bass or the trumpet or anything, but without a conductor to make sure everybody's in the right place at the right time to, to, to encourage them to participate, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have a good a good concert. That's right. A lot better put than I did. (laughs) Sherbon, thank you so much for taking time out of your Saturday to speak with us here at the Grand Canyon Echoes podcast. Mm. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. To volunteer to be featured on the podcast or to suggest future topics, Write podcast at aztoastmasters.org. That email again is podcast at aztoastmasters.org. Toastmasters International and all other Toastmasters International trademarks and copyrights are the sole property of Toastmasters International. This podcast is independent of Toastmasters International. It is not endorsed by, sponsored by, affiliated with, or otherwise connected with Toastmasters International other than for the use of the name Toastmasters International.